You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. I am just over the moon excited about this episode. Uh, We've got a guest who's been a huge inspiration in my life personally for many, many years, and I'm so grateful to be able to deliver him to you today to learn some of these incredible insights. You know, right now, we've got all of us, a lot of stuff going on in our lives. And I know that if you're a fan of this show, then you are interested in becoming better. You're interested in becoming uh, a better version of who you are right now and just expressing more of who you are and tapping into your potential. And this man knows a thing or 2000 about how to do that, how to access that. And I've seen it firsthand in my life and applying the things that I've learned from him. And it's just really, really, really difficult to put into words the impact that it's had. And so I'm very, very excited about that. And so just be ready to tune in, listen in, and take some notes and just get ready for some transformational uh, information today, all right? And also, right before the show, we were already jamming about some nutrition. And, you know, he's, he's been on the planet a few decades, all right? We'll put it like that. But, you know, he just celebrated a birthday. He was on stage at his incredible community uh, doing a headstand, knocking out 100 push-ups. And, like, he's very, very invested in his physical health as well. And for me personally, obviously, if you know my story, you know that I didn't eat a salad until I was in my mid-20s. It was the first time I ever even ate a salad. And here I am considered one of the top health authorities in the world, but my start into that was very, very later in life. And even getting myself to the place where I could eat a salad, for me, rationally, like I just couldn't understand why, why you would take the time and eat a bunch of leaves. Like I would even tell... Um, like my daughter, we would go to Burger King. <laughs> I'm getting the, fl- the flame grill jump off and like she'd order a salad. And I'm just like, what's wrong with this kid? Who gets a salad? You know, she's like six years old or something. Clearly didn't get that from me, you know. Um, and I just couldn't understand why somebody would even eat that food. But then losing my health and understanding the power of food and the fact that food isn't just food, it's information. There's so certain data that's contained within those greens that provide a lot of very powerful kind of software inputs to make some changes with essentially what's going on with my hardware. And for me, one of the first steps was because I couldn't physically eat a salad, it would make me gag, like, you know? And so I happened upon this place that served juices and they would put the spinach into the juice or the celery was in the juice. And so I was able to get that stuff into my body. And this was, you know, um, probably at this point, it's getting to be a couple decades ago at this point. And it started to change the intelligence I was putting into my body, it started to change my palate. And so I want, to, I want to have access to that for everybody, that on-ramp of getting that high quality nutrition that's seen specifically in green juice. And this is why I really love what Organifi is doing because even have access to a juicer and all this, that, let's be real, that's the best source. If we're talking about real whole food, fresh nutrition, a, a fresh pressed juice. Number one, who's gonna clean the juicer? All right, you gotta have somebody that's gonna do that job. But also what about the accessibility like when you're on the go and that kind of thing. 
Now it is a little bit more accessible for sure. But for me, especially even when I travel and just that daily on the move and also the level of nutrition that's in Organifi that's not in a typical green juice is just out of this world. Because Organifi doesn't just have typical things you'd find in a green juice, like you know even wheatgrass, which is incredible in its own right, but it also has spirulina. It also has chlorella. Chlorella is, it gets its name because it's one of the top three most dense sources of chlorophyll that we've ever discovered in any food. And so what does that mean? Well, chlorophyll is kind of, in, in chlorella, it's kind of like a defense that the plant develops as a result of its exposure to UV radiation. And so it's kind of creating this very powerful uh, pigment as a form of protection that then gets transferred over to us. And so what we know is that chlorophyll is a very, very powerful uh, assistant in building our blood. And it's also very interesting because it has some aspects in helping to regulate our appetite, which is seen in this study. And this was published in the peer-reviewed journal Appetite. It found that the chlorophyll, which is contained in chlorella, can actually aid in weight loss and reduce the urge to eat hyperpalatable foods. So at the time, I was trying to get off of eating Cheetos and Funyuns, and I don't know if you've ever mixed them together. So I was trying to get off those hyperpalatable foods that have that vanishing caloric density that my brain doesn't even know I'm eating anything because it disappears in your mouth. And I'm trying to get off the hyperpalatable foods and green juice helped me. Adding in chlorophyll and chlorella helped me. Wheatgrass, which is a very high dense source of chlorophyll as well. And so all of those things are contained in the green juice formula from Organifi. So pop over there, check them out. It's Organifi.com forward slash model. You get 20% off everything they carry. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model. 20% off their green juice formula, their gold, which is incredible. I'll talk more about that soon. And also their red juice formula and just everything that they carry. Love those guys so much. And I think you're really gonna love the green juice because it also tastes good too. My kids love it. They have it basically every day. So pop over there, check it out. Get that good information into your cells. Organifi.com forward slash model. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Can't Get Enough by Healthy Mama 313 my personal trainer turned me on to your show about a month ago. I listen to your podcast every moment I get. I listen to you or I'll watch you on YouTube. Our TV is hardly ever turned on anymore. I work at Sprouts in the vitamin department. Listening to you is so educational and helps in my mission to help people learn about nutrition, vitamins, and supplements. Awesome. Shout out to Sprouts and Healthy Mama 313. I appreciate that so much. Thank you for taking the time to leave that review and shout out to your uh, personal trainer who told you about the show. I really appreciate you guys so much and thank you for sharing your gift and helping people as well. And listen, if you've yet to leave a review, please pop over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review for the show, let everybody know what you think about the Model Health Show. And I appreciate that so much. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and our topic of the day. Our guest today is one of the most critically acclaimed speakers and teachers in the world today, uh, considered a true thought leader. And he's the founder of the Agape Spiritual Community uh, here in Los Angeles. And he's just had a huge impact on my life, creating one of these programs that was just truly transformational for me, the life visioning process. You know, so he's got audio programs, books, uh, incredible talks and things like that that you can look up. 
and just dive into that world. It's just incredibly powerful and insightful. And I'm so very grateful and honored to have him on the show today. And I'm happy to share this conversation with the incredible Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith. Let's dive right in. Man, it looks like the uh, Dr. Strange is like, can stop, stop time. <laughs> That's where bro. they got it from. <laughs> <laughs> Another dimension. Now somebody went to Brazil yeah. and got this and then flew to the last time we were in Egypt and flew and brought this to me in the pyramid. Come on, Seriously. that is so magical. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that got, is Dr. Lo- Dr. Strange. <laughs> I said, what? He brought one for me and one for my brother. Wow. Yeah. Because you have how many siblings? Two. Two? Mm-hmm. So it's two brothers? Yeah. Wow, yeah. And so all you guys moved to D.C. or were you? No, I was the only one born at the time. Okay, so you're the those, oldest. Those two yeah. were born in, D- in L.A. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And so, and then you went to, was it Morehouse? I went to Morehouse. Yeah. yeah. And then, so what got you back out here? Well, I transferred to USC, okay. and my family was here. Got it, got it. So I'm curious, and I, I don't know the answer to this myself, but what got you interested in people? Like, what got you interested in just being of, of service to other people? I love people, first of all. And then uh, I primarily, you know, when you're in service, you know, when, when, you, when you understand um, the nature of reality, the nature of the interconnectedness between people, between each, each and every one of us, uh, you're here for each other, you know. So, so I, I, I live to be in service, and so that connects me to people. Now, I know a lot of people who are in service, but they don't necessarily like people, so they mm. have a hard job. Yeah. I have an easy job because I like people, and I like being of service, you know, helping motivate, inspire, encourage, activate. You know, it, it's all a part of who I am. So. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what about the folks, we were just talking about this too, that are in service, but they don't want to be in service. You know, can you work on that to, because I think you just mentioned it, that there's an interconnectedness that I yeah. don't think we realize. Right. Well, when you, when, when, you, when you have to do something, you don't like doing it, then you have to pray to fall in love with what you don't like to do. And that that's also gives you a, a hedge in success because being successful, there are things you don't like to do you know, in developing a discipline around it. So you have to, you know, establish an intention to really fall in love with the things you don't like to do. Just like you have to fall in love with eating certain vegetables. You know, you can't have an immature taste bud your whole life and eat candy. You know, you have to eat spinach. You have to, I've grown to like beets, you know. Mm -hmm. You have to, so in that same way, there are things we may not have a proclivity towards. So we have to ask, let me fall in love with this part. Until what you don't like to do becomes something that you you, you, you start to like, and then it becomes it becomes really cool. Yeah. Well, you just said a dirty word in there. You said discipline. Yeah. So I, even when when I hear it, still there's a little tinge of like that. That sounds very difficult. Well, you know, when you look at the word disciple, the, the disciple comes from a word that means you're you're in love with something. So if you're a disciple of something, you're a disciple of the martial arts, you're a disciple of music, disciple of the piano, you actually love the music. You actually love the outcome. So when you, uh, so, so when you become a disciple, discipline becomes a blissipline, mm. a, a word I coined many years ago. And you actually, it's not like, I gotta do this. You know, I, I don't wanna do it, but I gotta do it. You actually start falling in love with the outcome of what you're doing in that moment. You know, so if it's, if it's martial arts, if it's exercise, if it's nutrition, eventually the outcome 
of the discipline that has become the discipline, you actually dig it. You know, you, you, you look at anybody who's working on themselves, and once they start to see the results of their work, something happens inside. You know, they get excited about the chemicals start flowing in their body, uh, neurons start firing, you know, the endorphins start kicking in. It's like, yeah, this is tough right now to lift this weight. This is tough right now to do whatever it is I'm called to do, but I'm so connected to the outcome that the discipline has now become a discipline. I'm into, I'm in the bliss, the, the bliss chemicals are flowing, you know. So, yeah, I think in our culture, discipline has become a bad word, but we have to reclaim it. Yeah. And take it to another level. Yeah. And I really think that it's freedom in a sense, which Absolutely. is so crazy, you know, yeah. like I would express this with my daughter who, um, you know, just growing up in this culture is just like, I want all, I want these things, you know, I want all this stuff that I see. Um, but understanding that creating the structure and the discipline, it will enable you to get those things versus if you get them and you don't really have the discipline and structure, you find creative ways to lose them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Di dynamic structure gives you more freedom. It's like learning any art, you've learned the fundamentals and you develop a, a, a level of discipline around those fundamentals, then you have freedom. And I always remember uh, a number of years ago when um, Nate Archibald was playing basketball. Mm. And uh, was, was it Nate Archibald? No, it was the other guard from the New York Knicks. What's his name? It'll, it'll come to me in a second. But anyway... He practiced all the time, dribbling. He had a level of discipline. And it was uh, toward the end of the game, and he was coming down the court, time was running out, and he got through three men and did some kind of weird move and put the basketball in. Mm. And they asked him, how did he know to do that move? He says, I didn't. If I would have known what I was going to do, they would have been able to stop me. Mm. But all the years of discipline allowed for freedom to happen in that moment. Yeah. You know, the freedom for him to go around his back, spin, and put it in. So. The discipline and the fundamental created freedom, spontaneous goodness, beyond his thought. He went to the zone. But you can't go there unless you have a certain level of discipline that provides the freedom. Yeah, wow. Um, one of the disciplines that is obviously a big part of your life and also what you've shared with so many people, millions of people, is uh, meditation. Yeah. And I recently had my mother-in-law on the show, which she was like literally the most requested guest. You know, Your mother-in-law? Yes. <laughs> so we've had- Oh, that's on, right. You told me about her. You know, Hall yeah. of Famers, you know, uh, Ozzy Smith and Jackie Joyner-Kersey and Dr. Oz and all these amazing people. But she was the most requested person because she's had the biggest impact on me. And when I first met her, um, my wife was like, listen, they're really weird. Just, you know, we'll go in, go out, you know? <laughs> and I walked in the house and there was grass growing in the house and I never seen this before. It was wheatgrass. Right. Oh yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. like, what? What is this? Like, <laughs> what's up with your mom? I've never seen grass indoors. <laughs> and um, within, I think it was maybe the second or third conversation, she told me that if she could give everybody in the world one thing, it would be meditation. And I literally had the thought, give me a million dollars. Like, why would you, why would she even say that? You know, until she taught me meditation. And that's when I, I woke up, you know. And from that moment, and she, I'm a very analytical person, which everybody knows on this show, mm -hmm. very science-minded. And so she gave me a little background on like how this is working. And I was like, okay, I'll suspend my disbelief and participate. And after the meditation, um, I realized that I hadn't really had a conscious thought my entire life. Like mm. I was just existing. Mm -hmm. And all this stuff was happening. But now I could see it, right. you know. And it was just, and I had to, it took years to really kind of recalibrate my life mm 
now seeing things so differently, you know? And, um, but this is something you've taught to so many people as a discipline, an important discipline. And so what, for you, why is meditation as a tool, as a discipline, is it so important today, especially? Yeah, it's very important today. It's interesting you're asking this because I just flew in from uh, Denver yesterday. I was participating in America Meditates. And uh, people from all over the world gathered, and they were in a number of hundreds of cities live stream as we were teaching about meditation and mental health. There was Tim Ryan and Sri Sri Ravi Shankar was putting it on, and Marianne Williamson, a number of people. Um, because there's a correlation between a meditation and the transcending of mental illness. So meditation, if we describe what meditation is, it's paying undistractable attention to reality, to the eternal, to that which is real. And you learn to um, have dominion, as you were just talking, you're having dominion over your attention so that you can place your attention where you want it to be. So in meditation, you're paying attention. You can use the breath, you can use a mantra, however you want to do it. But ultimately, you're paying attention to that which is changeless. Now, most people suffer from an intention deficit disorder and an intention deficit disorder. So their mind is all over the place. Their their mind has been hijacked by worry, fear, anxiety, anxiousness, um, uh, beliefs that aren't true. And then their life becomes... uh, they, have, they start to experience those thoughts and those perceptions. So there are different um, aspects to meditation. Uh, one aspect is there's a cleansing to it. There's uh, those thoughts, they surface so that you can look at them. Is this true? Is this not true? You can embrace, help dismantle, transmute them. And then there's um, periods of meditation where you have real bona fide insights. You actually know something that you either formerly just believed, or maybe you didn't even know this part of reality even existed. So there's meditation where you have insights and there's meditation where you're clearing things. Mm. But the average person's mind is hijacked by the world, the media, social media. They're thinking thoughts that don't even belong to them. They think they're thinking those thoughts, but their mind is obtaining those thoughts from the sea of mental garbage. So in meditation, you're purifying your awareness so that you can actually see the world as it really is, not just as it's being projected to you. Yeah. Wow. That's, so it's that's very powerful. important. Yeah. It, it, you know. I love the fact that you said uh, intention deficit disorder. Right. So can you like talk a little bit more about that? Most people, again, until they have, they live with a level of deliberateness in their life, they suffer from an intention deficit disorder. They wake up and they're mainly reacting to circumstances. They're living as a reaction to things that are going on in the world, but they don't have an intention, a driving intention for their own life. So at the end of the day, they've simply just managed their reactions to whatever's going on, rather than establishing an intention, an intention to be your best self, an intention to improve in an area of your life. Now, when you have intention, Now the universe through its laws can begin to help you with that intention. But if you don't have any intention, you're just kind of buffeted around on the ocean of life, wondering why you're not going anywhere. So I I teach people to make sure you establish an intention. Same thing in meditation. Mm -hmm. 
we, we have a point in meditation where you actually establish an intention. Why am I meditating? Yeah. You know, I'm meditating to have a realization of my oneness with life, to activate wisdom, to activate intelligence, uh, to become uh, conscious uh, that, uh, that, that I'm supported. I mean, you can have whatever intention you want, but to live an, an unintentional life, yeah. you're just going to go around in circles. That just makes so much sense. Yeah. Even starting, it's just like, I think a lot of us, um, if we're not trained like in the way that you were discussing uh, with meditation, just like, let's see what happens, right. you know, versus <laughs> just like, let's, let's set an intention. It's just like when we uh, set out, out this door, like, where are you going? Right. You know, to set that intention. That's powerful. Like, I never really... It's, it's, it's necessary because the world of phenomena is swirling. We're going to go outside in a minute and we're going to read a news item about some crazy thing that's happening and it can just suck our attention and then we're not going where we need to go because we're caught up in the swirl of something else, you see. So uh, intentional living is where we want, we, we want to bring people to an intention. Now what, what happens is by law, I'm talking about mental law, you know, when you establish an intention, um, you start to be, to, intention is directional. It's like, I want to walk in that direction. So what happens is, the, 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 by law, the mental laws start to assist you in walking in that direction. Now, you may not get exactly where you think you want to get. It might even be better. Right. Things may open up that you don't even know exist yet because you've established an intention. Mm. Whereas just, rather than just sitting back and waiting to see what's going to happen. You know, this, that's a different kind of waiting. You establish an intention, then you wait for wisdom, guidance, direction. But just to, to wait around and see what's going to happen with your life, that's foolishness. Yeah. You know? So this is a, obviously a part of uh, the life visioning yes. process. And so I got that audio program uh, of yours. When did it come out? It was it about 10 years ago? Probably. Yeah, yeah, it's probably right shortly after that. It's maybe, I'm thinking yeah. maybe around 2010. And people still get it. I mean, it's really, yeah. I meet people now who just got it. Yeah. And they're very enthused about it, you know. You know, it's so, it was so remarkable. And we talked about this when we were hanging out in, in Portugal, which is right. crazy to even say. Right. Um, but I just did it. I applied it. And that's one of the things that makes me different, you know, and, and not, not that we, we all have this capacity, but so many of us, like, we'll get these things, but we don't just do the thing, you know, we'll get different programs, buy different books, we'll hear different things, but just applying the principles, you know, led to moments like this, you know, right. because I didn't know, all I knew is that I wanted to help people, I was passionate about health and nutrition, and I was, you know, I was already helping folks in my little local sphere, but I knew that there was a bigger thing, a bigger mission, I didn't know what it looks like, I didn't know what a podcast was, but right. I set that intention. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? No, that was outside of your paradigm at that time. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like you get to be surprised. Yeah. You establish an intention, and then you're surprised. You didn't know a podcast existed. Yeah. You didn't know you'd be moving to Los Angeles. You didn't know a lot of things, but all those things existed. But if the moment you establish intention, then that which already existed could come into your, your sphere. Yeah, that, that's very powerful. The, 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 again... There are people, you know, you've heard the old statement from the Bible that says without vision, the people perish. If you don't have an intention or a vision for your life, you're just going in circles. You're just going in circles. Now, you said something, let me just say this one thing, because you said you applied it. Now, people say to me sometimes, 
you know, I understand the teachings. I've, I've, I've read your books. I've seen you on the live stream. You know, what's the advanced teachings? And I say, beginning is theory, advanced is practice. So you practiced. Most people don't do that. They're not going to stick with the thing long enough to actually see the fruits of it. Like you say, they may read the book, they may hear a lecture, they may get excited for a moment, but to actually day by day by day actually practice, that's where the change is. Yeah, that's powerful. And even just going back to the analogy with the the basketball player, you know, it's just building those muscles and um, kind of a skill set in a sense. And so what, what makes life visioning different from goal setting? It's, it's, um, you know, I, I break the, the, the reality into four stages. First stage is being a, is the victim stage. We think something is doing something to us. Second stage is the stage where you learn how to manifest, and that's where you learn goal setting. You learn visualization, the creative use of your imagination. You take your imagination back where it's been hijacked. Uh, you start to realize that you're being supported by a progressively friendly universe. But then the next level is visioning. Visioning is what you did, is saying in substance that there's something within me. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm open and receptive to it guiding me. So I make myself receptive to that which has been placed within me, only within me, to come forward and articulate itself. So I'm asking a question. Goal setting and and visualizing is I know what I want, I want this, I'm gonna visualize it, this is my goal, I'm gonna do A, B, and C, and D to get to the goal. Now that's beautiful, it's wonderful, but many times people get to their goals and they still feel empty. And they feel like, okay, I've, I've, I've done this, I've done that, I have all these things, but I'm not happy yet. So that means they haven't tapped into their, their real, what is called meant to be. It's like there's a should be and there's a meant to be. Should be is from outside sources. Yeah. You should do this. Meant to be is there's something within you that only you can do the way you can do it. Mm. And so uh, visioning brings you to your meant to beism. It's like uh, a rose is not going to be an avocado tree. You know, an oak tree is not going to be an, a, a magnolia. You know, you're going to be you, I'm going to be me. So there's something about me that I'm trying to set free. So envisioning, I'm, I'm asking a question, ultimately. You know, what, is, what within me is trying to emerge? What gift am I to give? Um, what blessing am I to bestow upon the world? And if you ask those questions sincerely, you start to be guided in a language and in a way that you can understand, and then you start to walk in that direction. And, and then there are things, like you were saying, you don't even know that even exist. They're outside of your experience. But they start to come into your experience yeah. by asking the right question, you see. Yeah. So that's, that's a big difference. But however, the fundamentals of goal setting and visualization are very important. That's the foundation. Then you leap from that into visioning. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's it's so interesting because um, for me, just having access to that is kind of like an inner technology. And I would even say some of the statements that you're saying, just like, because I was concerned about missing things, mm-hmm. you know, because I know there's so many, like it's happening all the time, these crazy synchronicities, right? Right. And so I would ask, like, 
let me see this in a way that I can understand very clearly, mm -hmm. you know? And so all these little small things, and sometimes you don't know what they're going to lead to, right. but they all have a process, a part of the process. And so even how the show started, I was, because I was speaking at that point, I was mm -hmm. speaking at an event in Las Vegas, which I had no business being there. I mean, you know, <laughs> I could barely afford a plane ticket, but right, I was right. like helping people in my local area. I got invited out to do it. And after I came off stage, this couple came over to me and they were like, you know, they, they had a million unique visitors to their website a month. Mm -hmm. I had about a hundred, you know, <laughs> and I was like, but I'm gonna, you know, reach all these people. And I didn't see how it would happen. And they told me that they had started this podcast and they wanted to, they were looking for somebody to be the face of it, you know? And I was like, I'm a face, you know? Right. But, it, but they were just like, that was amazing. We think that you would be great for this. And then they told me about what they had going on. I was like, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. But in my mind, I'm like, what the hell is a podcast? Because right. I didn't even know what it was, right? <laughs> I love it. And so I figured it out later, right. right? But you said yes. Yes, I said yes. When it presented itself, I said yes. And so you mentioned that there's these four stages. We got to talk more about this because that victim stage, I definitely lived that. That was my reality before I learned meditation. Right. You know, like things were just happening to me. Everything right. in the world was happening to me. Can we talk about those four stages a little bit? Sure. Uh, it's, 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 it's to us, by us through us and as us. First stage, something is happening to us. You know, there's something out there that's out to get us. Uh, there's a God, there's a devil, there's an astrology. You know, there's all these things that are determining our destiny. Our parents, how we were raised, it, our experiences become excuses. And then stage two, we actually learn how to, we learn the laws of manifestation. We learn creative visualization, creative imagination, right speech, right conversation, hanging out with the right kind of people that are going in the direction you want to go in. You learn basic fundamentals of manifestation. And, 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 and now to us, not only becomes by us, but it becomes for us. Mm. Meaning everything that's happened to us is actually pushing us towards a lesson to learn something. So what looks like is happening to me after a while, it's transmuted into for me. So that negative thing that happened actually is making me learn compassion, wisdom, intelligence, forgiveness, integrity. So if something terrible has happened to you, you can let it knock you down, but ultimately it can be for you. And you can say, because that thing happened yes. to me when I was a child, I have way more compassion today. I have way more strength, you see. So. And so in the manifestation stage, we learn that. And then we start to segue into stage three, which is through us, meaning life on its own terms is wonderful. Life is alive. Life is teeming with itself. Life never dies. Life is always expressing. And so life starts to operate through us. That's the level of flow or the zone. I call it flow motion where you've done your work, you've trained, you've yeah. prepared, but then something takes over. And beyond what you can prepare yourself for, something is just operating through. You've seen orators, you've seen poets, you've seen athletes, you've seen doctors, you've seen surgeons. Something takes them over. That's stage three. But it's built upon the structure that they've created in stage two. So then there's stage four, which is as us with a sense of separation between you and life. Now, life has a lot of names. People call it God, great God of the universe. I happen to call it limitless love intelligence everywhere. You start to realize that you are an emanation of this life. 
You're not separate. Life isn't, God isn't over there. Life isn't over there and you're over here. Because if life is omnipresent, that means life has to be right here, mm-hmm. whatever name you want to call it. Yeah. And, and you start to have pinprick moments where you realize, I'm at one with this. I'm not separate, you see. And that, that, that may last a nanosecond, or it may last an hour, or it may last days. But little by little by little, your filters are cleansed, and you live at these higher octaves for long, longer periods of time. Now, the four stages are not linear. You know, they, they move in cycles, meaning in one area of your life, you might feel victimized. But in another area of your life, you may feel like a master. You know, so it's not like a linear stair-step kind of thing. But you're constantly growing so that more and more parts of your life come under the, the authority of uh, this is for me, this is by me, this is through me, and there are moments of as me, you see. It's a grow, growing edge. Yeah. So, and this is what's different about us and me being able to ask you about this. There's so many people who are at that level of victim like I grew up in a situation, you know, we didn't have much, right. you know, um, but it's still in perspective. Like now, even looking back, like most of the world is subsisting on $5 a day, right? you know, but, you know, we were in poverty. I slept on the floor, right. you know, roaches and mice. and They thought that was their house. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> we're interrupting. Sorry right. to interrupt you and cut the lights on. I don't right, know. Right. But, um, you know, and there was a time when I, you know, we lived next door to a crack house, you know, right. and many of my family members being victim to that life and, you know, ending up debilitated or dead. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult for me to talk about or to foresee that life is happening for me right. when I'm in that state. Right. So how do we get people or help them to see this process to even give them access to know that there's something beyond that when you're just trying to survive. Absolutely. You know, obviously something happened in you for you to see beyond that. Now, what happens is an individual gets sick and tired of being sick and tired. Fannie Lou Hamer coined that particular stage. You know, they asked her, you know, how she was able to move the way she moved. And she said, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Now, when you get to be sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're open for change. And then a new thought will come in and a book may fall off the shelf or they may hear your podcast or, you know, what happens is something opens up in someone. So we have to be out there planting seeds, you know. And what happens is those seeds hit people and at the right time they germinate. You know, they may not hit, may not uh, go in the first time they hear it. They say, oh, that's nothing. I, you know, they don't understand my experience. I'm, you know, next door to a crack house. What does he know? You know, but that seed is planted. And then one day when that individual is sick and tired of being sick and tired, they remember something you said, some technique, some technology, some statement. And once they become interested, see the word interest uh, uh, comes from a word that means to love. You know, once you become interested in something, then the universe opens up for you. It starts to bring you serendipitous coincidences. Things start to come into your, your, you start to meet the right people, start to hear the right things once you're interested. And when a person becomes sick and tired of sick and tired, they become interested, you know. So I say, you know, uh, pain pushes you until the vision pulls you. So pain is pushing. Uh, 
and then you be, something happens. You get sick and tired of the pain. You become interested, and then you start to be pulled by something else. And then, you know, a quantum leap. You have a quantum leap. The quantum leap means that you've gone from one level to another without a ladder. It's a, it's a quantum leap. You've actually, I'm interested in this. So now that you're interested in this, you start to see what you're interested in, you see? Well, if you're, if, you're, if you're interested in not getting robbed, if you're interested in not getting sick, you see robbery and sickness. But if you become interested in health, you become interested in prosperity, you become interested in success, you start to see life differently. You start to see possibilities. And once you start to see possibilities combined with intention, life opens, the door opens up. It's a different life. It's like you've been watching me this whole time, you know, <laughs> like I'm the Truman Show because that's exactly what happened, you know. Yeah. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I, my body, you know, it broken down. I was 20 years old. I was diagnosed with this so-called incurable spinal condition. Right. And it just kind of robbed me of my youth and my potential and all the, the things that were instilled in me that I was going to be the one to rise up out of our environment. And here right. I was, the worst of the worst. And it took two years for me to really become, to hit that point. Like mm -hmm. that rock bottom point is such a good place to be. Yeah. You know, I really woke Say up. Say that again because people, the victim is listening <laughs> to you right now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the rock bottom point is, a, yeah. is actually a great place to be. Yeah. You know, it's a firm place to, to stand up from. And once I, and it might, I shifted, I asked, I asked a simple question. Okay, so the physician's been telling me that there's nothing I can do, but my bones were degenerating. And I asked, what are my bones made of? Like, let me investigate what's mm -hmm. happening with my body. I hadn't done that the whole time. I'd just been expecting them to help me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and they weren't giving me the answers I was looking for. It took four different physicians to tell me no until I just decided, let me go and look at this myself. I live with myself all the time, right? but right. I don't know a thing about myself. And so I became interested in health. And also being in college, I... <laughs> When I graduated high school, I was like, because of you know the Cosby yeah. show, I was like, I'm gonna be a doctor, right? right? right. And so I went pre-med and I hated science. Like I hated it with a passion. <laughs> and the upperclassmen were always so obsessed with like self-diagnosis and just pathology. Like there's this problem, that problem. It just like, it just freaked me out. And I actually shifted, it's so crazy, the influences with television, but I shifted from that, from the pre-med to marketing because of watching Boomerang. With Eddie Murphy. I was like, I'll do that. Strong J, you know. And so um, anyways, but it all circled back to health, right. you know, because of asking the question. And I knew because of that experience, that seed that was planted, they were focused on sickness. Right. Let me find out about what it takes to be healthy. Yes. And so I became interested in that. Right. Well, you, you did something very powerful. You asked an empowering question. Now, most people, the victim is asking what's wrong, who's to blame, and why me? When you come out of that and you start to ask, you know, what's health? What is prosperity? What is success? Now those questions will be answered because the universe by law will answer any question that you ask. So if you ask why me, you're going to get a whole lot of reasons and excuses as to why you're in the situation you're in. But if you ask, what is the nature of health? You asked about your bones. You asked about yourself. What's the nature of health? You discovered it, little by little by little, and then you applied it, and you're healthy, you see? So you actually did that. So if you're going back to the person, you asked the question earlier, somebody's in the ditch, they're, they're a victim, they want to get out. Start asking, 
an empowering question. Ask the question like, what gift is trying to emerge through me? What is, if, you're, if you don't have any money, ask, what is the nature of prosperity? Just ask the question. What is the nature of success? Not, oh, why did so-and-so do this to me? Why did they steal from me? Why is the man on my back? Why, why? Don't, don't no, 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 yeah. no. Those are unanswerable questions. You know, that's, patholo- that's pathology. Yeah. You know, ask, what is the nature of success? And become interested in it. And then it'll come into your atmosphere. You'll meet somebody. A book will come to you. Uh, you'll hear this podcast. And then with that interest, you'll get your next assignment. You'll get your next level of practice. Your life will change. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. I'm just thinking about so many of those moments where the book came along. Yeah. The 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 uh, podcasts weren't a thing yet, so yeah. it was like audio program. Right. Uh, the the person, you know, I met um, this woman probably two years, maybe three years earlier when I first went to college, mm-hmm. before I got kicked out of the first college. <laughs> um, but now she ended up back into my awareness, and she was a chiropractor now. You know, ah. she was graduate. She was older. Right. And uh, she graduated. And when I was trying to get healthy and learning about all these nutrients that, because I was looking like, what, what does it take to build bone, right? right bone right. density. And we know about calcium from marketing. Right, right. And so I found out there's like 25 other things, and many of them are more important. And you can't even assimilate calcium without them. You got to have the other stuff to assimilate calcium. You take it by itself, it's just going to go out your body. Exactly. Yeah. And so I started to realize, and I started being a natural pill popper, right? So I'm taking right. all these supplements because I was like, I just got to get those things in which was a step because I was interested in trying to figure it out. But the person came along and she took me to Wild Oats, <laughs> you know, back in the day before Whole Foods scooped them up. And right. it was just like, what is, you know, what is all this? And they had juicing. And I, I, until to that point, I, and I, you know, I'm still kind of embarrassed, but I didn't eat a salad until I was in my twenties. <laughs> I was so, this is why I, my body broke down. You know, yeah. I was so, I grew up in a different right. environment where, you know, it was just fast food. Right. And so um, I started by, by getting the juice, I got those nutrients into my body and it started to reset my palate as you talked about earlier. And so just like those synchronicities do happen. And I wanna talk to you about, and once we get to that place where we're sick and tired of being sick and tired and we understand that we do have power to affect Mm -hmm. change, how do we actually uh, begin to quote attract and to create the life that we want? And we're gonna do that right after this quick break. So sit tight, we'll be right back. Today we're in the midst of a new revolution with our understanding of food. We used to just be focused on this macronutrient paradigm, proteins, fats, carbohydrates. Carbohydrates and proteins got a pretty good name, but fats were drugged through the mud. Why is that? Because it's called fat, all right? The name implies something different than the other two. Because when we hear the word fat, we think about fat on our bodies. Fat in food and fat in our bodies are two totally different things. And it's like thinking, if I eat blueberries, I'm going to turn blue, when you think that eating fat is going to turn you fat. It just doesn't work like that. And any of those three macronutrients can actually put fat on your body if you eat too much or the wrong types. Healthy fats, which I'm proposing that we start to call lipids or even energy, are incredibly important for every single function in your body. Your cells, every single cell in your body, we have upwards of 100 trillion cells that make you up require fats to just maintain the integrity of your cell membranes. We're talking about the thing that holds your cells together and enables your cells to communicate. It's very important. Also your brain, your brain is mostly fat and water. This is why fats are so important. When you're deficient in fats, especially the right kinds of fats, 
you can see some big issues. So in order to address that, some of my favorite things today are MCT oils. And specifically, if we look at emulsified MCT oils that actually taste amazing. And these are medium chain triglyceride oils that are extracted from things like coconut or palm. And these medium chain triglycerides have a thermogenic effect on the body, which means they are able to positively alter your metabolism. All right, that's number one, thermogenic effect from MCT oils, positively altering your metabolism. Number two, MCTs are more easily absorbed by your cells. So unlike conventional food of any type that has to go through a pretty arduous process of digestion, turning that food stuff into you stuff, MCTs are able to go directly to your cells and provide almost instant energy. And number three, MCT oils are very protective of your microbiome. There's so much research today about the importance of having a healthy microbiome and the integrity of our gut. MCT oils are one of those things that help to support that because they're especially effective at combating viruses, parasites, bacteria. There's so much goodness that is able to be found in these MCT oils, but you want to get the good stuff. And for me, that's why I go to onit.com forward slash model. That's O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash M-O-D-E-L, to get the emulsified MCT oils, which is like a coffee creamer. These are great to add to your coffees and teas, smoothies and things like that, to get in a little bit of extra flavor, plus all the benefits of MCT oils. They're easy to stir, so you don't have to throw everything into a blender just to get a nice coffee drink, but also they taste good and they make the process of being healthy, fun and enjoyable. So head over, check them out. They've got vanilla, coconut, cinnamon swirl, and strawberry. It's one of my favorites. So go to onit.com forward slash model for 10% off your entire purchase, not just for the MCT oil, but all of the health and human performance supplements that Onit carries and all of their fitness equipment, gear, and so much other cool stuff. All right, head over there, check them out, onit.com forward slash model. Now back to the show. All right, we are back and we're talking with the incredible Dr. Michael Beckwith. And before the break, uh, I was talking about that transition from being a victim to understanding that you do have power to affect change to right. create your life. And one of the things that a lot of people connect you with is manifestation and attraction. But you shared something really powerful at that event in Portugal uh, put on by Mind Valley. And it was to the effect that you don't attract the things that you want. It's really about, it's not about attraction, it's about becoming. Yes. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Right. Uh, the law of attraction is a uh, what I call a linguistic convenience for really the law of radiation. You're actually radiating something. You're actually emanating a vibration. And then that vibration condenses itself as your experience, and it looks like you're attracting it to you. But you're actually sending that frequency out. And so the idea is you're seeking to become the next great vision and version of yourself. And so the law of attraction is a, is, a, is a good entry-level conversation. How do I attract this to come to me? Now, you can't attract something if you're not it. If you're not holding that vibration, you can manipulate and get it into your life, but you won't be able to keep it because you're not vibrating at its frequency, which is why, like, say, people, people who steal that haven't earned it generally lose what they steal. They can't keep it. They have to keep stealing. Yeah. Because they don't have the consciousness of actually having that. So if some, you steal somebody's car, 
that person is just going to have the insurance company buy them a new car. That's a part of them. They're not going to, it's going to be a minor inconvenience, but they're going to get another car. But the person who stole the car is going to ditch it after a while. They're going to have to sell it to steal another car, to steal another car. They're not it. They're not the thing, you see. So the law of attraction is actually, I teach the law of radiation, the law of radiance, the law of emergence. What does that mean? <clears throat> we live in a, in, a, in a field of infinite possibilities, infinite potential. And things already exist in the potential form. And at their proper, when you're at their proper frequency, they emerge, much like a rose emerges from a rose bush seed. It doesn't attract it. The seed is not attracting a rose. Inside of that seed, the rose bush emerges from it. Inside of an avocado seed, there's a tree that emerges from it. The seed is not attracting the avocado. It's, it's already in there. So in the beginning stage, as we learn these things, it's just easier to say the law of attraction, yeah. you see. But eventually, you have to actually become that vibration. So through study and practice, as you have done, your life changes. You actually, you are actually, you're not just teaching this stuff. You're actually living this. This is who you are. Yeah. You know, you, you, this is who you are. You, you cannot be separated from this. If somebody would have kidnapped you and throw you into another country, you'd still be this, mm. you see. And in, and in a short while, you'd manifest this all over again. And if somebody said, you can't live in America, you have to go live. Send them back. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go live somewhere else. Yeah. Within 30 days you'd be up and running because this is who you are. Do you understand? So, uh, so we segue. How do we segue? Stage two, you learn the laws of manifestation. Right speech, right conversation, right affirmation, context of right visualization, seeing the kind of life you want to live. This, you become interested. This begins to change your habits, your mental habits and your physical habits. And then there's a point of no return where you actually give birth to the next version of yourself. And now on the way to that, things are coming into your life. So you say, I'm I just met this person. I just attracted this person. I met this person at this party. Whew. You know, we're really getting along. We can really do this business together. It looks like attraction. It is on a certain level, but you're actually becoming that frequency. And after a while, what happens? You don't see anything but what you're interested in. You can walk into a room, and you're going to vibe with the people that you know, you know, you feel each other, you know, and you know right away if somebody's not, you know, really bringing the truth, you're not, you're not going to be hanging with them that much. You know, hey, how you doing? Good to meet you. Peace and blessings. You know what I mean? Yeah. And who you're going to be with are birds of your flock, your tribe. You're getting, you feel it. It's who you are, you see. And so the, the segue is the practice at stage two, the visualization, the right speech, being, being in integrity with your word, all of that until you become something different. And at, at the next level, you're not even really thinking about those things anymore because they're such a part of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot, and it, I've, I've heard this multiple times, but a lot of people who are in the health space, they have a tendency to believe that the, the country is a lot healthier than it is. 
mm-hmm. because it's just the top of mind. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I've had to proactively like get myself into different environments mm-hmm. because it's, it is. It is so crazy how that's what we see. Right. But then at a place, then I start to get to a place where to see how how else I can serve as well. You know, so it's that place of like us. All I was seeing is health. It's like, oh, it's not as big a problem as I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's just I see it everywhere. The people that I'm around. But it, I think it can get you a little bit, and that's why there's those levels, yeah. you know, and you see that there's a bigger thing that take place, and then that's when it starts to happen through me, right. of seeing that there, this is not all that there is. Right. You to, and, you, and two things happen, we have to be careful, not careful, just conscious of, we get into a bubble, you know, because we're, we're around the people that think like we think, Yeah. you know, it's like I'm at agape. You know what I mean? And there's a certain mindset, there's a certain frequency of conversation. And we do have to be aware that there's large groups of people who are still suffering, large groups of people who don't understand these teachings yet. And, but we're creating an atmosphere that's making it easier for them to come into this frequency. So I always tell people, you know, there are millions of people who would love, if I'm at a meditation retreat or wherever I'm doing, they would love to be here. But they can't because right now they're, they're under the vibration of survival. They don't, they're not even thinking about meditation because they're trying to eat. So because we can do these practices, we must for the rest of the population. Mm. So it's, yeah. not that we're not, we don't, it's not that we don't notice that there are things going on in the world that are out of integrity, that are decadent. But we have to keep our frequency high because going down in the ditch is not going to help anybody. The only thing that helps somebody is that when you're rising higher... And you bring somebody there rather than going into the pity party. You know, you, you, you have to be at a conscious level of celebration, yeah. celebrating the, 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 the fundamental goodness of the universal presence. Then you can help somebody. You can't help them if you're in the ditch. So it's, it's like you have your feet in two places. One, you have your feet in the eternal. One foot's in the eternal. There's no death, there's no loss, there's no birth, there's this eternal presence. And then you have your other foot in time. People die, people losing things. So our job is to bring the eternal into time. You know, so we, we hang on to the eternal and becomes real to us, stage three and stage four. But we come into time, as you said, how can I serve? Yeah. How can I alleviate suffering? How can I inspire? How can I encourage? How can I assist? But I can't do it if I'm down here. I can only do it from up here and bringing it into time. Mm. Yeah. You got the time stone on. <laughs> you know, this is so powerful. It's so powerful. Uh, you you mentioned earlier, uh, right speech. Yeah. So what it, can you elaborate on what that means? Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're fundamental, the first fundamental principle is unity or oneness. We're one with the presence. And in that presence, uh, and I, I'm speaking reality, I'm not speaking like religion, you know, it's just like quantum reality, there's only one thing going on everywhere. Um, there are principles of abundance, uh, uh, harmonizing prosperity, health. So you have to make sure that your speech is in alignment with that. So you wouldn't say all the time, you know, I'm sick, or you wouldn't say all the time, I'm broke. You don't want to have that kind of speech. Now, you may be temporarily without money. Mm-hmm. Your body temporarily may not be at its optimum, optimal frequency. But you'd want to have your speech in alignment with where you want to go. Yeah. My body's healing right now. 
Yeah. Every, everything in the universe is conspiring for divine health. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm on an spir upward spiraling path towards prosperity. So my speech would have to be in alignment with where I'm going. Now, of course, there are going to be moments where you vent, moments where you, you, yeah. know, you get mad, but you, then you have to come back. So that your speech is in alignment with where you want to go. You know, because your word, is, that's a vibration. You're, you're releasing a vibration. So you want, you, want your, you want what comes out of your mouth to be in alignment with where you want to live. So sometimes you have to fast from talking. You know, just be quiet, you know. Uh, and and that, that's why we use affirmations. So we're retraining our subconscious mind. You know, I, Michael, am willing to be dynamically prosperous, inspirational and healthy. Sometimes you got to start with willingness. Can't just jump to, I am this, and mind goes, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> you can't pay your bills. How can you say you're prosperous? You know, so somebody may have to start with willingness. I'm willing to be an instrument of prosperity, abundance, health, wholeness. And then you, you slowly come into, I am. I am a vehicle. And so what's happening, it's reprogramming the subconscious mind. And then from there, you start to feel it. And I've been saying for 40 years, within the feeling brings the healing. So as you start to feel that, even before it shows up, you start to feel that you're prosperous. You start to feel that you're successful. You start to feel that you're supported. You have the feeling, then it starts to show up in your life. It starts to manifest. What does manifest mean? It means the invisible is now becoming visible. It's invisible as a thought, feeling, but then it, be, then it becomes visible. It shows up as a possibility, as it's somebody a door opening. It shows up as an ideal employment. It shows up as a new friendship. It shows up, it starts to manifest. But it's not going to manifest if you're not in integrity with it in your word and in your feeling. You know? so that's where the work is. Yeah, right. Because when you're in the ditch... You, you're complaining. You, you, you know, you're using all of your creative energies to find new ways of c complaining and new ways, a new excuse making. I've become creative in excuse making, you know. <laughs> but once you start to take on the principles, you become creative in how you talk to yourself. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. It really all connects now. You know, it just, I know you've got it all laid out with the, the life visioning, which shout out to life visioning. Make sure you pick it up. It's awesome. <laughs> all right. Um, but when you mentioned being able to put your attention back onto um, the, the positive speech or more affirmative speech, affirmative, right. because you're going to have those moments when you're like, you know, I, I'm broke as a joke or, right. you know, the, the situation is just, you know, terrible, whatever it is, these negative things we might say, you know, there's no, I, there is no way to fix this. Right. We will say some of the most ridiculous things that we know are not true. Right. But how do you get yourself back to that place? Is through meditation. It's where you mentioned this earlier is being able to shift and put your attention right. on what you want or on what is real. Right. And so that practice really leans itself to being more form formidable in this practice. Right. You, you can't do it without practice. And I'll, I'll give you a little trick that I teach the students is that, and this is, it's, it's a little tricky to do this, but when you're in that downward spiral and you're complaining or you're mad, actually use that energy to affirm the truth, but do it angrily. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you're on a downward spiral, you know, slam your hand on the table and say, why do I always have too much money? You know, <laughs> why do things always work together for my God? I don't understand it. 
why do I, why am I so healthy all the time? But you do it <laughs> angrily. So you're not, yeah. you're not trying to suppress, we don't want to suppress or repress energy because yeah. it's going to show up somewhere else. Yeah. So emotionally backed affirmations, yeah. you're actually transmuting the energy. You go, you're angry, so you might as well use it. Yeah. You know? And so you use that energy and it starts to fizzle out. But what's happened is you've reprogrammed your mind passionately, you see. Yeah. In, instead of, because a lot of times people wake up, the day's just starting, the birds are singing, life is good, and they're sitting there meditating and they're affirming. And then they get on the freeway and someone cuts them off or uh, something doesn't go as planned. And there's, oh, you know, they start going crazy. You know, if you can, it's, diff it's, not, it's a difficult practice. Yeah. You know, because when you're in it, you're in it. But if you can just get away a little bit and just say, why do things always work together for my good? Please show me why do I keep making so much money? Why is my body heal so fast? The universe will answer those questions. And because you've asked passionately, it'll come quickly. Wow. Wow. That's so awesome. So you want to have a partner with that sometimes. I call you on a little bit. Oh, yeah. You're in it. You don't want to. That's immediately what I thought about, you know, because sometimes, you know, it's even happened recently in the process of moving. My wife says something. I was like, you know, that's not true. She was like, I know, but still, you know, like she literally put that passion into, you know, that exact thing. And what's so amazing to me is when you were talking earlier, I realized that sometimes when those crazy words and thoughts come out of my mind, like I'm to the place where I'll see it coming out. Like, now you know that's not true. Right. And I'm able to bring myself back to what is real. Right. You know? Well, that's, a, that, that, that's authority and that's a level of mastership when you can see it and then pull yourself back. But the person who's living in the victim stage, they can't pull themselves back. Yeah, they don't even see it. Yeah. It yeah. just becomes a habit. Yeah. So I'll say, you know, it's okay to vent. You, vent, you may vent to a person. You may have a good friend in which yep. you say, hey, this went down. I don't like it. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, you vent it. But then if you call somebody else and do the same thing again, now that's practicing what you don't want. You see, now, mm -hmm. I'm, now I'm taking my vent and I'm making it a part of my practice. Then I'm going to call this next person and say, you just said it to this person. Why are you going to call this person and say the same thing? And then call this person and say the same thing. By the time you get to this person, you should be finished. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? And you're also spreading that, yeah. that energy. And everybody's agreeing with you about yeah. the negative yeah. thing that yeah, you're yeah. seeing. Affirming you. No, you, you, you have to vent. But then the next time, it should be at a higher level of conversation. Yeah. So this speaks to having people in our life that are supportive of that, of bringing you back to the Absolutely. truth, you right. know. And so I want to talk about that. I, mean, I personally, and I've expressed this many times, I feel that I'm a nutritionist, so I thought food was everything. Mm -hmm. But I really feel that our relationships are the most influential things in like the tangible reality yeah. on our health. Yeah. And just our success overall. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of folks listening right now, are, you know, there are many people who are in wonderful relationships or they're working towards it. But some folks are just, you know, that's their story. Like, you know, I've got these people around me in my clinical practice. That was the number one thing why people couldn't. Toxic because people. of, yeah, yeah. you know, well, my, my, my husband won't or, you know, it's my kids or, you know, constantly pointing fingers, but then not really realizing that you have the power to affect change right. in your relationships as well. Right. You know, I used to say years ago that when you choose a relationship, you're biting off a chunk of your destiny. You're actually choosing the direction you're going to walk in. So you actually have to choose the people you're going to be around because that's what your life is going to look like. 
And so, <clears throat> so you want to transcend neediness. So you're not just being around people just to not be lonely, you know, so that the people that you're around are a part of the tribe of becoming, the tribe of e each of us want to become the next great version of ourselves. So there has to be a kind of uh, a, an agreement among the people we hang out with that we're actually trying to be better. And we're, with the awareness that wherever we are, we're barely scratching the surface to the next level of our awareness. You know, so we're not sitting on our laurels, I'm all that, I've got it made. You know? And so if that's a part of your tribe's credo, that we're all evolving, that becomes a part of our intention, then the conversations within that tribe are supportive and helpful, encouraging, sometimes tough love. You know, but it's all in the process of us, gro of us growing. You know, and then we have to understand what a relationship is. It's a ship of transformation. It's a, it's, a, it's a ship in which individuals, whether it's business, whether it's intimate, whatever it is, we are participating in something bigger than ourselves. So uh, I, I say that a relationship is a joint participation in the good of life, meaning um, you have two fish swimming in the ocean. You know, they're, they're doing their thing. One fish may say to the other fish, hey, you know what? If you make me happy, I'm going to give you all the water you can handle. <laughs> you know? But they're swimming in it. Right. <laughs> you know, that one fish can't give the other fish water. So they're actually, they're actually relating in something bigger than both of them, water. Mm -hmm. So we're all relating in something bigger than all of us. That's love. Yeah. We're surrounded by love. We're surrounded by infinite potential. So a relationship is a joint participation in something bigger than all of us. And if we're all connected to something bigger, then I have more to share with you. You have more to share with me because I'm not trying to get it from you. Yeah. And you're not trying to get it from me. We're getting it from where it is, but we're swimming together and we're sharing with each other and we're loving each other. We're supporting each other because it's infinite. It's not going to run out. You know, that, those two fish, they're not running out of water. Yeah. You know, so they can share infinitely and swim and jive and do, avoid the hooks. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, this made me think of uh, to also be weary of the fish who, who talk that way to you. you right, know? Like, right. I'll give you all the water you want. Right, you know? right. Because that, that's how another way that we can we, manipulate each other. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So with, with that said, um, another big relationship that we have today is with Social media, man, you know, right. and just with the internet, it's a whole new entity yeah. that never existed before in human history. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing this more and more, and I'm definitely concerned about it, and I'm making moves myself proactively. I mean, with, it starts within my own household, yeah. but also just at a larger scale because I see the potential. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's beautiful parts to it, and there's with anything. negativity, yeah. but, um, but people establishing their value through those mediums that, you know, a certain amount of likes or followers gives a certain level of importance. And, you know, I've seen it within myself as well. And I see how easy you can fall into that, into that trap. And so, especially for younger kids and, and their, their malleable minds, you know? Yeah. And so what, from you, from your perspective, what, because it's a thin line of having inspiration mm -hmm. from the things we might see on social media to feeling that we're not enough. Mm -hmm. So what, what do you think we can do to kind of traverse this? Yeah, I think just having the conversation, first of all, but you're right when you say that, you know, I didn't have to deal with that coming up in, in elementary school, yeah. junior high school. You know, you actually talk with people. You actually, yeah. you actually uh, if you had to beef with somebody at school, you, you dealt with it. Yeah. Now somebody has a tool 
that they can actually say something to somebody that they wouldn't say to that person's face. You know what I mean? They wouldn't say, they wouldn't say that. They, if you were with the person and you had an issue, you would actually talk to that person and say, I don't agree with you. There'd be a conversation. There'd be something going on that would eventually get resolved. But with social media, I can hide. And I, I can say to Sean, man, that's a bunch of... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'll never have to even see you. Yeah. So on one hand, it's dangerous because people can actually do that. The other dangerous part is, as you indicated, people are developing their self-esteem from it, you know, or, or, or self-hate. There's bullying on there as well. So I think that, like with anything, it's a tool that can be very inspirational, very educational, and we have to uh, encourage everyone, not just young folks, but everyone, to use this tool for inspiration, encouragement, and community building, and not tearing each other down. You know, we, it has to be a, a tool for unity, whereas now there are, there are silos of hate, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just mirroring the consciousness in the world, except yeah. that now you have a tool, um, just as uh, human beings went from sticks and stones to bombs and guns, you know, that consciousness was there, but then they had a way to extend it. And now we're, we're dealing with nuclear armaments and gun control. We still have to go back to consciousness so that people understand that they're one with each other. That's it's a, it's a big job we have. Yeah, absolutely. So social media is simply a symptom of the underlying angst of humanity. It's not the problem, it's a symptom. You know, elect electricity is beautiful, but when you put it into an electric chair, it'll kill somebody. Mm. Or it can l light up this light or amplify what we're saying, yeah. you know. But it's, it's, it's the consciousness behind it. Yeah. You mentioned something earlier, and I, I just don't want, don't want to make sure that it gets glanced over, but you mentioned that each person has a... Nobody can be them. Right. You know, and that's, it's such a unique, valuable proposition. And your mission is to be express more of you that right. can never be duplicated. Right. And so with that said, and, and how we're eyeballing social media with our potential envy or sense of not being enough, um, how can we look at it a little bit differently in understanding our value? Mm -hmm. um, because when you said that earlier, I wanted to talk more about it, but so I'm glad I could circle back to it. Right. First of all, this, this, this great life, whatever name you want to call it, it never repeats itself. There's nothing, there's nothing in the world that's exactly the same as anything else. We're all unique expressions. Every blade of grass is different. Every snowflake that comes out, you know, they've, take, they've done experiments where they've taken snow, let it melt, then, then they refroze it and it went back to the original shape, but each shape is different. So there's nothing the same. So we're incomparable. So we have to teach ourselves and become aware that we are unique expressions of whatever this thing we want to call it. So if I do not self-actualize, then who I am as a unique expression of the infinite is not going to be expressed. This piece that I'm to do is not going to happen. You can't do my piece, and I can't do your piece. Only you can do your piece, only I can do my piece. So we all have like a, a mandate from the universe to grow up and mature and to, to be ourselves. So that, what does that give us? It gives us a level of self-love and esteem because I'm the only me yeah. in this entire cosmos with multidimensional universes and parallel universes and galaxies. And there's only one me. So if I don't be me, me ain't going to happen. 
you know. So, so we want to encourage people to understand that because what happens is when you don't understand it, you try to make yourself unique. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you do all kind of weird things to be unique. Yeah. But you're already unique. And so that, that's, a, uh, that's, that's what happens when you go through these stages. You start to realize your uniqueness. You start to fall in love with how you were made and where you were made from. Not just your parents, but before your parents. What, that, what, the, what is that life that made you? So that means that everyone has significance. Everyone has meaning. Everyone's meaningful. Everyone has access to the same power. Everyone has access to the same intelligence that runs through uh, the entire universe. But am I upping my wattage capacity to allow that energy to flow through me? You see? And, and if we can get that, if we can be taught that, you know, most, most things you learn in school, you don't even use. You right. know what I mean? So if we can put into school values. When I was going to school, we had a, a grade for citizenship. They don't have that oh, anymore. Oh, yeah. What? Citizenship? It was citizenship, no, man. No you got way. a grade. <laughs> yeah. You know, how well you <laughs> dealt with your peers. How well, I mean, it went from littering to uh, politeness to listening. It was a citizenship grade. And, you know, you, got your, you had your arithmetic, you had your reading, and you had citizenship. So there was some kind of value trying to be instilled. We don't have that. You know, we're now trained to have a goal to be whatever the, whatever the meaning of success is in the world. But we, we look at it now and we see that we, celebrity has removed wisdom from the throne. So now because someone's a celebrity, they're more important than, than a hard worker just because they're a celebrity. They may be as ignorant as this cup. This cup mm. isn't ignorant, by the way. It's, <laughs> it's teeming with life. Excuse me. <laughs> Uh, uh, and so we have, to we have to bring back the values of wisdom, compassion, kindness, generosity, intelligence, and put wisdom back on the throne of our society, yeah. you know. And because now kids are looking at people because they have 2 million likes, yeah. 8 million, or they made a lot of money, yeah. but the money's just stagnant, just sitting there and ain't doing nothing, you know. Yeah. That's not success. Yeah, and I know that Right now, you know, somebody listening who's rising to the occasion to be that person, you know, who's demonstrating wisdom along with the growth and the success as well. Absolutely. Because, you know, that's another thing that helped to really catapult me into a different level of thinking because I, I was very content with just helping people and not being financially successful per se, you know, just kind of getting by until I realized, like, no, I want to show these, these kids are like looking at little Wayne. Mm -hmm. Or they're looking at a little, little pump or a little whoever. Right. And they're wanting to aspire towards that because that's what I had in my environment too. Right. You know, and I can show them like, listen, I, I achieved this by doing this. Right. I achieved this by writing books. I right. did this by helping people to feel good. Right. You know, and showing that there's another possibility. And so I, I'm so glad that you talked about that and the fact that like we need to step up and to put ourselves in that position to be seen uh, because there is all this celebrity, and like you said, there's a lot of stupid stuff, right. you know, and very hurtful things going on in that domain. But then there are also people who are understanding their platform and making some shifts and Absolutely. adjustments. We as appreciate well. that. Yeah, you know, the, you know, in 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 the in the life visioning book, I talk about the eight structures. We call them unstable structures that you're to stabilize. That one of those structures is your livelihood and finances, and another structure is body, temple, health. 
Another structure is relationships. Another structure is your, your participation in the community. Another structure is having a healthy ego. What does that mean? You know, so the idea is we're not throwing any of those things away. We're stabilizing them, which means those parts of your life become an asset. So you want to be financially successful, so that becomes an asset. You want to be physically healthy, so your body becomes an asset. Yeah. You want to be able to have good relationships where your ego isn't it crashing all your relationships because that's your support system. Now, in the old model of success, when you got those things together, that was called personal success. But personal success is a stepping stone to how you're going to serve. Because it's difficult for you to serve if you can't, you can't be the light of the world if you can't pay your light bill. Okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's difficult right. to serve if, you, if your finances are askew. It's difficult to serve if, if your body temple is always falling apart. It's difficult to serve if you don't get along with people. So you get those structures together. Now you become a bigger conduit to be of greater service. So we definitely want personal success. But that's not the end game. That's the beginning game. Love it. Love it. So you just celebrated a birthday? I did. And July I got, 21st. Yes. I got mm -hmm. to see some pictures of you uh, jumping up on a handstand. Headstand. Headstand and then on a, stage. And then a, uh, 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 a cobra. I mean, a, a scorpion. Yeah. So all that, you yeah. know, and I think you did like 100 push-ups in addition to it. <laughs> Somewhere in there. Yeah. So what's, what's next for you? I, I, feel like, I, I feel like you're just getting warmed up. You know, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. I feel like all the, all the years that I've been teaching are leading to a tipping point for myself, for the agape community. It's like I'm just getting started, yeah. you know. And I think that it's in keeping with when you look at the indigenous cultures and they break up uh, ages and they'll say, you know, until you're 50, you're not even an adult yet. Once you hit 50, now you're an adult. When you're 80, you're an elder, you know. So I think that, you know, I'm an adult, and I know how things work. I want to be of greater service. So everything that I've done up to this moment is a preparation for my next level of service, come what may, whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Can you let everybody know where they can best connect with you, follow you, uh, get involved in what, in what you're doing? Absolutely. They can uh, go to agapelive.com, A-G-A-P-E-L-I-V-E.com, and they can actually watch the teachings every Sunday live right there on the, you know, the 7 o'clock service is primarily meditation, 9 o'clock, 11.30 service, that's the music, the inspiration, the message preceded by a half hour of meditation. They can go to uh, michaelbeckwith.com and check out my website as well. Um, yeah, they can... It's probably where it is right there. I mean, I, I've got the social media, but I'm using it for good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instagram, right. Michael B. Back with Facebook, all of that is there, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm easy, to, I'm easy to find. Awesome, awesome. Yes, you are. <laughs> and uh, I'm grateful that I found you and you've been such an inspiration. I shared that with you when we first met. I know. I really, uh, you know, right now I'm really reveling in the people that have been affected by the teachings that are doing great things in the world. You know, I was in Costa Rica recently and I watched five or six of my students just tear it up mm. and it just made my heart just feel so good. I'm watching students go out and start centers, people like yourself that are affected by the teachings, touching millions of people. That's really, it's really turning me on these days. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. again, that, even that's just getting warmed up as well. Yeah. You know, um, and I just want to thank you for 
um, having the audacity to say yes. Yeah. You know, I know it's been presented many times along the way in your story, and I'm just really excited to see what's next, and I'm gonna be watching and following, mm -hmm. and uh, thank you for coming to hang out with me. Hey, thank you for doing what you're doing. You're making a big difference. Thank you, man, appreciate it. God bless you. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you really enjoyed this as much as I did. And uh, again, it's really about practice. It was said many times throughout this episode how important the practice is. You don't just get something and you arrive and it's just all sunshine and rainbows from that point on. It's really about developing those uh, mental and emotional and spiritual muscles to be able to modulate and flow through all the things that life is going to pre present you with. And it comes from implementing a practice. So whether that's practices, uh, formal meditation, or it's a practice of mindfulness, it's a practice of uh, visualizing, uh, it's a practice of just uh, loving kindness and being kind to other people, of gratitude, whatever it is, cultivate that practice, work on it daily, and see your world change, all right? Practice your own personal discipline. All right, and uh, if you got a lot of value out of this episode, please share it out with the people that you care about. And tag me, tag Michael, and uh, let everybody know what you thought of the episode, all right? We've got some incredible stuff coming your way very, very soon, so make sure to stay tuned. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.